We'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society. And today, Scott and I continue the conversation as we talk about the political literacy of the United States and where people get their information, a little bit about some court cases, and about the hold that Trump seems to have over not only the politicians, the Republican politicians in today's United States, but also some of the American public. So let's listen in. It's it's an interesting experience trying to see the world through the eyes of your students because they have such limited interest in and knowledge of the world, history, culture, all kinds of all kinds of things. So uh, they they do I, seem I, to be to unengaged. I guess I would call it. They're just unengaged. If it's not on Facebook, if it's not, you know, on their phone, that they just, it's just not important to them. And they also seem rather self-absorbed if they do not believe that it does not impact them directly. They just don't seem to, they don't, you know, the idea of if a tree falls on the forest, does somebody hear it? They're the types that say, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, the, the, really, they, I mean, or the butterfly effect, you know, the, the flapping <laughs> of the wings could affect it you know, of a butterfly here could affect something over here. They don't make those kind of connections anymore. Everything to them is say, short term. If only they would say, I don't, I'm not interested in hypotheticals because at least yeah. that would, be, <laughs> that would <laughs> sort of suggest that they understand what a hypothetical is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's not press it here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's our fault. It's our fault. It's not theirs. It, I mean, it is, and I it I think it's it's the majority. It, it is one of the greatest obstacles that uh, we have. What are you going to do when you know when I'm still having an argument in 2023, late in 2023, about stuff that we thought we had solved, like the Keystone XL pipeline, you know. 10 years ago or more. And, and we're still having these conversations with people who still don't seem to get it. There's a sort of uh, a persistent, you know, persistence of ideas that never goes away. They're like the zombie ideas that, you know, misconceptions that will never be dispelled by anybody under any circumstances and, you know, oil production oil independence, the the president is the one who's in charge of oil oil gas prices um you know you tra- start explaining free market economy to people and they go oh yeah 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 but the next time you talk to them it's like it's gone out of their heads and they've forgotten all about it so i'm not really sure what what you can uh, do all uh, about all of these issues that just don't seem to penetrate anybody and these are grown ups that i'm talking to not students yeah and i I think the thing that that strikes me the most is is that people seem to today rewrite history um well i think history has always been rewritten though but but, well okay yeah and again historians and i have a lot of friends that are historians uh a few of them up at uh, snhu and the good friends, and they're the first ones to tell you, history is interpreted. You know, 
Yes, you could say Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. That's about the only fact that you can give for it. Why? Once you get into the other questions, why? Now it becomes interpretable. And I think the interpretations of, of recent history have become so polarized um, by making the narrative fit into instead of making your life fit into the narrative, they try to make the narrative fit in, into uh, what their life is. And some of the, some of the ideas they come out with are just absolutely bonkers. I guess the best way I could put it, it's just, they're just simply bonkers. Um, even today, um, I've, I've got students that say nine 11 was an inside job. Yeah. Or that, that would say, um, January 6th was not an insurrection. It was just a protest. And I could almost tell you what, what news channel. And I think that's the thing that, that gets me is you can tell where they get their information from just by listening to them talk. And you know that they, that the information that they're getting, they, they will not move away from it because they are really, as your friend said, they're very comfortable in that echo chamber of theirs. They don't want to leave it. They just want to reinforce what they already, what they, what they already believe. And I, right. I think and, that's a problem. But, but here's the even, I, I think, more disturbing part of that, which is that they see there are people and they're in government, you know, they're in like their Senate, U.S. Senate, uh, J.D. Vance is a perfect example, right? We mentioned him before. Mm -hmm. J.D. Vance, J.D. Vance seems to now look at the world through the, the lens of, is it about Trump? And, and when I say that, what I mean is J.D. Vance said, um, is, is against funding for Ukraine. But he's come out positively for Israel. And it it seems, in his own words, that Ukraine is a revenge fantasy over to 2016. J.D. Vance wrote, wrote, they blame Russia for Donald Trump's election and they'll bleed Ukraine dry for payback to get at Russia because of Trump. And I'm like, Wow. That is just the craziest thing I've ever heard. But, but they seem to just see things through like, so every time I see Jim Jordan is an ultra conservative or Jim Jordan is a conservative, I'm like, man, that's not what conservatives used to be. No, conservatives no. used to be, used to be something else entirely. <laughs> if you're a cons ultra conservative now, it just means that you're an ultra Trumpist and that uh that you look at everything including the uh russia ukraine conflict through the lens of is it good for trump and it does it have to do with trump in some way and that's not trump's fault right trump is who he is but but it but it's a a wacky obsession with our you know we on the part of like a whole, you know, I'll, I'll name a bunch of them, Hawley, uh, Vance, um, uh, ran, ran Paul only, uh, Senator Lee, 
right? Mm-hmm. Don't seem to understand that you can look at the world as the world and not see it through this narrow lens and everything that they seem to say. Because you have to kind of wonder why. I think everybody in the Republican Party, as far as I can tell so far, is pro-Israel. Extreme, you know, everybody seems to be on board with with that. Well, I, so I, think got, a, I think it's a political coming. death sentence if you're not in the United States. We, we, okay, and that may be as, as well. But there, but a lot of them are anti-Ukraine, and if you think about it, um, Israel Israel is existentially on the line all the time, obviously. But so is Ukraine. If Russia takes over Ukraine, destroys Ukraine, there are no more Ukrainians. There are only Russians who used to be in Ukraine. And uh, and who knows what will happen from there. And yet Josh Hawley says Israel's facing an existential threat. Any funding that we have for Ukraine should be re- redirected to Israel immediately. That's crazy. Yeah, because Ukraine faces an existential threat also. But it really does seem that they um, only look at, you know, Russia is for Trump or we say that Russia is for Trump and therefore, you know, they have to choose sides along those lines. They blame Russia for Trump's election. You know, we we blame Russia for Trump's election, liberals, I mean, and they'll bleed Ukraine dry uh, in order to get payback against Russia. It's just it, it's uh, some really silly stuff. Yeah, it, it is. And it's it's just it's just all like loyalty to Trump is everything. And that's not what being a conservative used to be. What what the Republican Party now is, is not a conservative party. Now, are there still moderate conservatives in the Republican party. Yes. And hopefully, uh, again, we we've noticed that today the Jim Jordan was not again elected speaker. In fact, he lost votes. The problem with, with moderate Republicans already always has been is they bend and eventually break. They break to the pressure. So the hope is that these moderates, these in fact, this time it was 22 yesterday it was 20 that voted against Jim Jordan. Hopefully, uh, they will get, you know, a little bit more bolstered by the by the increased numbers, because mo- moderate Republicans, for some reason, and even moderate Democrats as well, have a tendency to break to the pressure. So the hope, my hope, would be that that they continue to gain some momentum, and they find somebody a little bit more reasonable. And I totally agree with you. But now, the one thing I would disagree with you: this is Trump's fault. This is what he created. And I truly believe that he took whatever manipulative um, televangelistic powers that he had, and I think he used it to, to, to create the cult that he's created, where everything in the world, everything, as we were saying earlier, everything is being done because of the United States. That's what some people think. It, it's, it's U.S.-centric. And right now, for the Republican Party, many, well, I won't, I can't even say many, for a majority of the Republican Party, 
America is Trump. And they can't make that distinction between. So if you attack the United States, you're attacking Trump. And hmm. I, I just, so I, I would disagree that it's not Trump's fault because he is who he is. And I'm not saying he's some 4D chess master that, that you know, figured us all out. I think that basically he, uh, he stumbled into it. He saw the, the shtick that worked and he kept on, you know, promoting it. I mean, you, you listen to some of the things he says, uh, says today, uh, when, when he's, when he's campaigning, um, it's off the wall stuff. I mean, it's so off the wall and these people just kind of follow it. Like the, the, the mindless zombies that they've become, uh, they can't see past that. Uh, there was a, a thing, an article I was reading today said something about if you were to say, uh, the, about the economy, the economy was bad because of Biden today. You know, the, the Republicans would say, yes, definitely. It's a disaster because of Biden. Mm. If you were to say the economy is good today because of what Trump did four years ago or five years ago, they'd say, yes, it is good because of what Trump did four or five years ago. They can't even make up their mind of whether it's good <laughs> or bad. It all depends on who you crediting, who you are giving credit to. And right. I, it's like, how, how can, how can you but, be so dense? <laughs> right. But again, I'm going to say that's not Trump's fault. That's like Fox's fault or whoever gives them their information, wherever they get their information from. Because if you remember the, the amazing turnaround of the economy in 2017, okay, the, f the first few months that Trump was president, the economy went from in in the public's imagination from incredibly bad to really really good um by like march and trump hadn't you know he was still moving the pots and pans in he hadn't even really <laughs> gotten going yet uh and 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 then when they so when you press somebody on that and you say well, how could, you know, how could the economy turn around that quickly, right? They don't have an answer for it. Trump did. Trump said that the minute he was elected in November, the economy turned around because of the greatness of Trump. Okay, but that's, you know, obviously that's crazy. And, and obviously that's Trump and it's Trump being Trump and that's fine. Uh, but the people who believe, believe that, they, they'll never say that about it they'll never say well it's just trump's greatness made the economy great because they know how stupid that is but they will say well he he must have done something to turn the economy around but the answer is that no he didn't he hasn't done anything yet there are th still things coming right ryan's tax cuts were in the offing um you know there were things that you know tariffs were in the offing there were things that he was going to do but he hadn't done them yet and and uh, and yet the economy somehow turned around just on uh, with his presence there. Well, it's so, like so his there, statement the other day that that they would that this thing in Israel would never have happened if he was president. Right. And again, it gets to to this like um, 
yeah, he has to be who he is, right? It's, it's in his best interest to continue the line of bullshit that has worked for him for, for a really long time, well before he was president. I mean, you know, going back to when he was calling up uh, page six on the New York post and posing as a, as a publicist for Donald Trump and saying, well, you know, Donald Trump, he does really well with the women and things like that. And the reporter is sitting there going, Donald, is that you? <laughs> and, and he's like, no, this is John Aaron or whatever the name was that he John was using. Barron. Yeah, John, John Barron. John Barron. <laughs> and then he names his kid Barron, which is really freaky. Um, <laughs> and, 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 but, but you know, that, like that idea is like art Vandalay. Um, and, so, but he, but he does that because it works for him, and right. I get it. I don't get what I don't get what why other people works. are doing and why. I don't. I don't even care. Like why? I'm not even sure I care that much why it works. But I saw today. Like for uh, here's a great example. A woman is going to prison today. Um, I got to get her name. Rachel Powell, I think, is the name. She was uh, January sixth. Um, she was a January 6th defendant. She lost her case. I don't remember if she pleaded or she lost it. And she was uh, sentenced today to, I think it was five years in prison. And Rachel Powell, Pennsylvania, she smashed a window with an ice axe, <laughs> which she Ooh, just happened to bring goodness. on her tourist trip to, uh, <laughs> to, to, um, Washington. to Washington, D.C. that day. And she was rallying insurrectionists with a bullhorn. So she got five years in prison. This is a mother of, I want to say, um, four or five, uh, I think eight, a mother of six, I believe, or mother of eight and a grandmother of four children. Good God. And she's going to prison beginning on in January for the next five years of, of her life for Donald Trump. Yeah. For the big lie. Yeah. And, and I, I just find it amazing. And how, like how, and she said, like she said, I have let everybody in my life down. You know, she, she seems to have come to that at least, but can you imagine like I, there's not like Joe Biden could Barack Obama. I don't care who did you Bill Clinton, any, any democratic president who's ever lived can say something to me. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. What you know, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, you do you. Uh, but these people were so fanatical that they that they they they're going to prison. And I know there was another one who just asked if he could go to prison after the holidays because he's going up for four years or something like that, and he's gonna miss his time with his kids on the holidays. Oh, that's it a shame. Breaks your heart, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Really, it really, I I really feel for him. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) no one. I don't think there's anyone. But but again, George Washington doesn't have this kind of cult following, right? (laughs) That's not Trump's fault. That's their fault for for going all in like that. In a way that I'm not. I'm not exactly apathetic, but I'm I'm to that degree apathetic. Well, and, and and that guy that got convicted, and he walks out of the out of the uh, the courthouse, and we talked about him before, where he sticks up his fist and says Trump Trump won. Right, right. Well, those are the oath keepers and and those yeah. guys. But which, by the way, I don't I don't know if you saw this. The Justice Department is going back to the judges 
and appealing their um, their sentences because they said that they're too short. So, Good for so the, the Justice, Justice Department, Department. Ha- hasn't given up on sending those guys up up into prison even longer. It was 22 years or 18 years or whatever it is uh, in their individual cases wants them to go to prison longer. And we'll continue this conversation in the next episode. So that's all the time we have for today's episode. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the JCIS, an open journal for upcoming scholars. The JCIS is currently accepting article submissions on an ongoing basis. The JCIS is a publication of Nova Works, a depository at Nova Southeastern University. The Phoenix Group, an independent research consortium offering social issue solutions to NGOs and international government agencies through multidisciplinary, nonpartisan, and unbiased research. And finally, BH Conflict Resolution Services, a full-service dispute resolution firm offering expert and cost-effective mediation services to couples, groups, and businesses. BHCRS can be reached at www.bhcrs.com. We'd also like to thank our podcast partners, Buzzsprout, who hosts the Nova Society, iHeartRadio, where people get their music and podcasts, Apple iTunes, the largest source for music and podcasts on the internet, Spotify, the most popular source for the Nova Society. The Nova Society is available on all these and other quality platforms mentioned in our description. And finally, Podkite, our analytical partners. We'd like to thank all of our listeners. Without you, the Nova Society would not be possible. If you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest on the Nova Society, we can be reached at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. Always remember, the power of society is knowledge. So for Dr. Scott Gershwer, Dr. Brooklyn Ann Weldon, and all of us here at the Nova Society, I'm Dr. Mark Bound. Be well, and we hope to see you again next time.